I want to welcome everybody to this very uh, wonderful opportunity we we have here. Um, it seems to be an important time. Uh, and it's interesting to see how we we create this sense of urgency and importance in our mind because we're told it's the end of the one millennium, beginning of another, uh, whatever that means. And of course, uh, being Buddhist, it doesn't have quite the same significance as it does if you're a Christian. But most of us were born and brought up in Christian uh, societies, uh, Christian backgrounds, so it has uh, significance. And to give it a significance, because uh, where people are uh, having are sharing a common perception, such as uh, end of a century, end of a millennium, beginning of a new year, beginning of a new century, beginning of a new millennium, this is, brings into our consciousness this, this sense of time and change. And we, we look at the, the millennium and the previous one, we think, back of the thousand years ago and and usually I don't wouldn't think conceive of in terms of a thousand years ago uh, it seems so long ago and, and the way I perceive history or time but then really a thousand years isn't that very lo isn't all that long and we see the enormous kind of uh, things that have happened in in the past thousand years, both in in very good ways and in very uh, unpleasant, unwholesome ways. But the thing that we we have now, say, say that I feel a subject that is now very much in the air and is very much uh, worldwide, not just uh, a select elite group of people, but it seems to be developing in many levels in many ways. And of course, uh, being Buddhist, uh, the, the, the Buddha, when we reflect on that Buddhism is 2,543 years old, that this very simple teaching of awakening was, was initiated by the Buddha in, in the form that that we have it in the present age, 2,500 years ago. And it's very simple teaching because it's, it's uh, about waking up, about paying attention, about listening, about um, uh, learning to understand, about learning, knowing, and understanding. Uh, even though in the past, several hundred years, say, in the, especially in the Western world where modern education has been an enormous attempt to educate everybody, have a population of, of literate, well-educated people. It doesn't necessarily mean that we've actually been awake. We've, we've often acquired a kind of very kind of rigid conditioning, attitudes and assumptions that, that we haven't realized ourselves, but which we tend to take on from uh, the authorities the, and the, the scriptures or the treatises that 
uh, are given to us to to adopt. But in this uh, awaken awakening that the Buddha pointed to is not is not we're not giving you a doctrine or a or a position to take, but encouraging uh, a simple imminent act of attention in the present. And even though it sounds simple enough, uh, yet our whole kind of cultural social conditioning uh, tends to lead us the opposite way towards towards uh, just the force of habit, towards the biases, the prejudices, the uh, the ideals that we've acquired rather than a real strength in awakened awareness in a profound uh, realization of truth that doesn't come through through adopting somebody's somebody else's version of it but a direct knowing of, of truth so during this this uh, week we have from uh, starting tonight, then uh, ending on the 3rd of January, uh, say whatever you can offer, say, in the, in the way that you can, either through prayer or through meditation, contemplation, uh, developing this sense of, of trusting in this, in, in this sense of awakened awareness, of of instead of just uh, keeping your mind busy with thoughts and activities and and uh, speculations, uh, learn to just stop for a while and kind of open out and listen, pay attention, and listen to yourself so that you're you're looking inward rather than just seeking uh, uh, answers from others, from monks or from teachers or from books. We have these uh, uh, things like like be still and and uh, be still and know and the Christian one be still uh, uh, and the sense of stillness where we 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 stop just the momentum of of habitual thinking and proliferating uh, and 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 analyzing and and creating and controlling and resisting life to uh, a sense of ad, uh, an attitude of acceptance, of welcoming, of, of inviting, uh, of, of accepting whatever. In uh, Buddha Dhamma, we're, we're not trying to control or to divide or to uh, separate anything. All that we're experiencing in the present belongs in this present moment, whether it's feeling good or feeling bad, it's happy or miserable or uh, elated or depressed or bored or confused. Uh, whatever mental states or conditions that existing in the present, uh, our relationship to them now is one of, of peaceful coexistence of welcoming of of allowing things to be what they are rather than the uh, the stress that we create through trying to control trying to 
get rid of what we don't like, trying to get hold and keep what we like in an endless uh, um, kind of uh, stressful activity of, of, uh, that we, we tend to uh, project onto life that we're living. But when we're reflect, reflecting here, it's like using the, the, this place, Amravati, uh, see it as a, as a deathless realm, and what little a translation, uh, the deathless realm, Amara is uh, the deathless. Mara uh, is the Pali word for death. And so, and, and Mara, of course, in in the in the scriptures, uh, uh, Tripitaka is usually the the kind of tempter or the delusion that which causes delusion, the the death-bound conditions. Uh, uh, always they're tempting us. They 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 entice us. They fascinate us. They they delude us endlessly. So just the the physical body that we have and the the uh, emotional conditions we experience and the thoughts we think and the memories uh, when we attach and bind ourselves to the conditioned realm then it's always taking us to to death to this this mara this this sense of 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 uh, doom and destruction and decay so even though we, we're trying to seek maybe life by going out and trying to live it up, say at New Year's, isn't it? Go out and live it up. Go to Trafalgar Square and get drunk. So I bring in the new millennium completely heedless. <laughs> and then really engaging with life, you know, really living it up to the hill. But actually, you know, what you're doing is engaging with death. And uh, in, in the Buddhist sense of the, that one is uh, caught in the momentum of delusion, no matter how fascinating or enticing those conditions might be, they still arise and cease. So in, the, in this act of awakening to the way things are, where, where our mind is then opening to the deathless realization, which is here and now, which is the, the truth, the ultimate reality that we tend to never notice, ignore, uh, not, not uh, see at all because of our endless uh, uh, obsessions with the realm of Mara, the conditioned world. When you're in the practice of meditation, like I find that the, it, the, the true nature is, is peaceful and still. And, and this stillness and this purity is ever-present with us. And it's, but it's not noticed. It's, it's overlooked. Uh, and so the more we, the more heedless we live, then we're, we're always kind of looking for something, uh, looking for, even looking for truth as if it were someplace else, or looking for purity by doing all kinds of things that uh, 
that we think will maybe make us pure by some kind of ceremonial activity. Uh, always looking for something that, that, that's far away uh, and not really waking up and noticing the, the ever-present amata or amaravati or deathless realm that we began to recognize when we stop just this restless activity, endless kind of grasping of things and, and uh, uh, moving from one thing to another. So that's one reason why these precepts that we take, the refuges, the precepts, are, this is a convention, uh, admittedly, but they're meant to, to remind us, uh, to, to stop just seeking uh, in the, rest, the restless activities and, and the force of habit. It was just stop trying to become anything or get anything or control things. Learn to relax, to trust, to open, uh, to accept, to welcome life. I found even welcoming pain and, and, and uh, despair and that is, uh, it changes from wanting to, the, the, the mo changes the attitude from wanting to uh, get rid of all the things I don't like by resisting them and trying to, to annihilate them. In, we chanted this uh, this evening the Karanyamrita Sutta, which is uh, one of the great chants in the Theravada Buddhism, in which where our relationship to all creatures, all conditions, whether good or bad, devils or angels, seen or unseen, uh, whatever their quality might be, we have this at attitude of metta, or loving-kindness. So, or in, apply this both externally to the, the creatures that you perceive and meet uh, through sight and sound and touch, but also internally apply it. This metta, this total acceptance, unconditioned love, loving-kindness towards even the thoughts, the memories, the emotions, the feelings that we experience through our consciousness individually. So, this, uh, this is, it's not exclusive, isn't it? It's not, not, we're not trying to uh, have more love for what we like, uh, but it's, it's, it's equalizing. Everything is allowed, everything is is accepted, everything is welcomed. When it's contemplate the sense of welcoming and acceptance frees us from the, this endless uh, habit of controlling and resisting, which is the, the cause of stress and, and so much uh, mental breakdown in the, of the present age, because uh, one thing we notice in the as, as the, the pace of life now, modern life in a city like London or even in the, in the towns around here is, is very, it's a very kind of speedy, a, a faster pace of life than 
say, what existed 50 years ago. That they, due to our cleverness and our ability to manipulate the material world to, to create all the kind of uh, technology that we, that we have created, is also, it's turning against us. It's, it's, it, we're getting wound up. We're getting tight and stressed and, and uh, confused by it. Because it, it's just, uh, it just, it will just increase if we do not have any, any refuge outside of that. Now that's another uh, reason why we find the increasing amount of interest in meditation, in yoga, in religion, all these, these kind of uh, ancient teachings that have uh, used to be considered, you know, for the archaeological museum, uh, you know, interesting anthropolo anthropological studies of religion and uh, curious ways that people believe in things and and uh, do weird things like yoga in doing the uh, developing funny-looking postures. They're now becoming uh, acceptable and respected because all these these kind of uh, conventions. Their purpose is to lead us towards this peacefulness and stillness, towards calm, towards awakenness. They're not meant to just kind of recondition us into some kind of religious person. Like with, with Buddhism, for example, we, uh, we think uh, to, bec what, to become a Buddhist, what do you have to believe in? We get asked this question here in, in the West because uh, the general attitude of religion is that you, you have to believe in something and that you have to convert and become uh, something by getting, by kind of discarding or getting rid of something else. Uh, so that the question of to become a Buddhist, what do we have to do? The thing is that you, we're not encouraging becoming Buddhist. We're not trying to, to, uh, to grasp a convention. But the whole point of the, our uh, efforts here is to to make available a convention to develop awareness and mindfulness with. So even the monastic forms, the bhikkhu, the, uh, the Buddhist monk, Buddhist nun, and so forth, these are not uh, kind of measures of becoming. They're, they're not meant to convey that, to give that message that we become these things. They're they're expedient means, uh, conventions that we use for developing awareness. So in, you can become a Buddhist by adopting all kinds of Buddhist ideas. And you can become a Mahayana Buddhist or Hinayana Buddhist or Zen Buddhist or Tibetan Buddhist or British Buddhist modern Buddhist. Uh, yeah, that's because you maybe adopt certain Buddhist attitudes and then you, that's a sense of becoming something. 
but it, this is not what what I what I would encourage. It's not an attitude that, that you know that I would find liberating because it's just like changing your clothes. You know, you get tired of wearing certain kind of uh, style, so you change your 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 clothes to a Buddhist robe or something, just because it, that's what you particularly fancy at the moment. And so it's not a matter of of uh, of just uh, ado uh, getting rid of the old fashion and adopting a new one, but of awakening. Awakening to the, the truth of the way it is, through using convention in a skillful way. Also, the Buddha's, uh, Buddha's teaching is not, it's not a doctrinal approach. So it's not saying you have to believe in Buddha or in any, any kind of metaphysical doctrine. Uh, it's a teaching of awakening, using suffering as the point of awakening, this dukkha, and the noble truths, for noble truths, of learning to use this ordinary experience that we have all the time in our lives, some kind of of, of suffering, using that as a noble truth to pay attention to rather than just react to, trying to get get rid of it. So the attitude, I say, of a Buddhist is 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 welcoming our suffering, beginning to really understand it, accept it, notice it, pay attention and allow it to be what it is. And through that attitude, then we begin to understand the causes, how we create suffering. And we, we realize the way of letting go of those causes and the way of non-suffering, not creating suffering. So the Buddha brought the human experience of suffering into this position of a noble truth. So it's not something you believe in. You don't believe in suffering, you suffer, isn't it? In terms of ultimate reality, we're not asking you to believe in some kind of ultimate reality uh, as, as, as if it were something, something or other. But through our understanding of suffering, we we free ourselves from the causes uh, that, that, we, that bind us to our delusions and then we realize the ultimate reality, the realization, the direct knowing of ultimate reality rather than a, a kind of theoretical abstraction that we might adhere to as an idea. So in the Buddhist practice, it's, it's a very direct, very simple, uh, way of, of uh, living. And of course we realize that we're not simple people, we're very complicated. Uh, we've got all kinds of ideas and habits and, and the, the more educated you become, the more complicated you get. So if you have a PhD, then you have a PhD full of complications. <laughs> <laughs> or 
Well, I'm not anti-education, actually. <laughs> I'm just trying to do what, uh, you know, how, how, how our uh, conditioning of the mind can, be, can, can intimidate us endlessly through our um, being so, so uh, impressed by acquired knowledge rather than by d direct knowing. This direct knowing is then what we were like Buddha, what the Buddha is really is in terms of, if we can think of it as a historical uh, sage who taught uh, the Four Noble Truths 2,500 years ago in India, was one way of looking at it. But in terms of a refuge, it really means that it's the knowing now. It's all of us. And when we when we take refuge in Buddha, we're taking refuge in this simple act of awakened awareness. So Buddha is now, it's knowing now, and and it's and it's learning to be patient because you're not trying to know something through definition, through through analysis of it, but through through the direct acceptance of life as it is in the present. So the, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, emotionally, uh, physically, uh, spiritually, right now. It's not a critic. It's not criticizing anything. It's not saying, saying that what you're feeling right now is uh, somehow you shouldn't be feeling it. It's it's a direct knowing that it isn't critis critical of anything, but knows the way things are. And so we can call it intuitive awareness, or insight into, the, into reality, or realization. So I think we have the, the uh, this opportunity, the to uh, develop this uh, this temple here is now uh, a very special place where um, this is uh, fully encouraged the awakened mind uh, and so it's uh, it is a, it is a wonderful thing to have in in uh, in a country like this at this time. We all have this opportunity uh, during this, these next few days just to to calm down as also relaxing the sense of don't make this into a kind of uh, forced uh, aggressive uh, uh, thing that you've got to do you know, develop it it's not a kind of uh, something that you've got to prove yourself in any way but in in learning to be patient and open to to relax in the moment, to trust. Uh, you're in a safe place uh, in, with, with people. We're all here to support each other in this endeavor. We're all here to help each other uh, to this realization. And uh, the whole 
emphasis of this place of Amravati itself is designed to encourage this uh, physical place, a location on a map uh, uh, with buildings and facilities that can accommodate uh, us at this time in, in a, com a comfortable enough way. And then, uh, and the rest is up to us. Uh, our determination and our wisdom, which we are offering also, not just for selfish uh, pleasure, for selfish uh, accomplishment, but because we realize that, that our lives do affect each other. And that we're not just isolated entities uh, living little kind of worlds uh, all our own that without any connection to anything else. The New Age ideas of interconnectedness, this kind of uh, internet and the, the <laughs> everything is inter, transparent inter and, and uh, no secrets and uh, there's no censorship, no, nowadays we have very little control of trying to even control what, what comes across on the internet. So it's maybe it's not a time for controlling things, but for understanding, since that's what we can do. And that leads us toward realization rather than towards uh, creating more delusions and creating more difficulties for the next millennium. So I want to offer this as a reflection, uh, uh, encouragement, and we can commence our vigil.